You're listening to episode 34 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. You are seriously in for an incredible episode today. I'm interviewing my amazing friend, Krista Moreland, about all things planning, prepping, and protecting our nutrition. Krista is a certified macronutrition coach, speaker, and most importantly, boss mom. Krista empowers women to love and understand the skin they're in through macro tracking so that they can authentically embody internal and external health while impacting generations to come. Krista inspires mothers to take action in their homes so that they can confidently parent and live a balanced lifestyle. Krista's renowned macro made easy approach is all about leading, guiding, and showing mothers that there is a healthy, sustainable way of eating that does not have to deprive them from eating the foods they love in order to reach their goals. Krista's greatest strength is bringing rewarding and relevant strategies to mamas on how to overcome obstacles even when the odds are stacked against you. She has traveled to stages across the United States to speak in front of audiences and inspires incredible change. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview today. I left feeling so pumped up and empowered, and she gives incredible strategies and helps us to transform our mindsets and get out of our own heads. So let's get right into today's episode. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mompreneurs out there feeling torn between raising a thriving family and building a business you love. I'm a photographer, community founder, podcaster, wife, and mama saved by grace, so I can totally relate to you multi-passionate mamas. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to find peace and passion in motherhood and business so that you can have more time for the things that matter, like Netflix and cookie dough. But seriously, are you ready to transform your life from feeling frazzled to focused and be equipped with the tools you need to juggle all the things? If so, you're in the right place. Hey, Krista, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. I cannot wait to talk all things nutrition and mindset. So before we get started, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and let them know who you are, who you live with, and what you do. Yeah. Hey, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here, and you know that I love to talk about all things nutrition and my mom life, so I'm super excited to be here. So for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Krista Moreland. I run and own a uh, health and weight loss company called K-More Macro, and my mission, my soul's purpose is to help women love the skin that they are in through macro tracking and mindset so that they can impact generations to come. I truly do believe that change starts in the home. And if I can influence and impact the mama and her health and in her nutrition, she will turn around and teach those babies. And now we're talking about changing generations to come when it comes to diabetes and obesity. 
So in my house, uh, it's me and my husband of 15 years. He is a Phoenix fireman captain um, for the city of Phoenix. Uh, we both met in college. We played collegiate sports. And uh, we have three incredible kiddos, Kylie, who is 11 and plays competitive soccer, Easton, who is 10 and plays football and competitive baseball, and then Emery, our almost seven-year-old, she will be seven on Halloween, uh, is right now in the soccer world, but she she has all kinds of aspirations, um, some cheerleading, some dancing, some singing. So we're not quite sure what she's going to gravitate to, but that's kind of where we are as a family. I love that so much. So I know that when I first found you on Instagram and we started talking, like you are the epitome of a busy mom, right? Like yeah. you are constantly shuttling your kids to and from sports. Yeah. You are working in the cracks of time, but you do it so well. And I just love that you still make it a priority to keep nutrition so important and just you implement it on the run all the time. So I love that. And I'm so excited for you to kind of share your a little more about your journey too, and how you kind of weave in that nutrition with your family. But I would love to know With the mamas that you coach in your program, what would you say is that number one struggle that you just keep seeing mamas struggle with? Yeah. Well, so, you know, it kind of, there's, there's one overarching one. And honestly, Ashley, I think it's just something that we, um, have used as like a filler excuse, right? Like if you ask any mom, Hey, you want to go get coffee with me? Oh no, I don't really have any time. Hey, do you want to plan, prep, and protect your nutrition. Oh no, I just don't really have any time, right? Like you could fill in or pre-fill in, you know, the, the before piece of that sentence. And the answer will almost always be, I don't have enough time. Right. And so time is always when somebody thinks about getting healthy, getting right with their nutrition, planning nutritious meals, making sure that we're not running through the drive through every single day after practice, after school, you know, the, the excuse, and let's just be really honest, right? Mamas, it's that we don't have enough time, but really what we're saying is it's not a priority for me right now. And listen, for some of you, you're on the other end and you're like, yeah, it really is not. And I'm good with that. And then there are some of you that are like, ouch, that stings, that burns. I don't like how that sounds, right? Yes. And so, you know, I I found myself running up against this a lot as well. And when we get really, really down into the nitty gritty of why we feel like we don't have enough time, it really is this martyr mom mentality that we adopted somewhere along the way. And because we don't take the time to look inward, to prioritize, to know what we want, to know what our values and what is important as a mom, as we provide for our kids, you know, what those standards are, we kind of lose ourselves. And it's just easy to say, I don't have enough time. Right. And so you've heard me talk about this martyr mom mentality before, right? Can you relate to that? Have you fallen into the martyr mom mentality before? Oh my gosh. Yes. All the time. And I think my biggest struggle right now is like, I know how to eat healthy. I know what to do, but I I just, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I can't get, I can't get down to the reason of why. (laughs) And it's not, and I mean, I guess it's exactly what you said. It's just, I'm not making it a priority, but I I can't understand why. Yeah. Like I want the results. I want the stuff, but I'm like, um, how do like, how do I just get off my butt and do it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And so we're definitely going to tackle that um, as we chat today because it is confusing. It's overwhelming. It's frustrating. It's time consuming. And if we don't really know, you know, a, a good framework for it, we can get paralyzed in inaction and take no action, right? And so even though we know better, uh, not having a plan is a reason to not show up, right? So this martyr mom mentality that I want you guys to kind of tackle first is one of three different um hats that I think we put on when we think about our health or nutrition and things that we don't necessarily want to do, like plan our food and eat nutritious food. Number one is we lack the, um, the ability to take ownership. Like we will blame the inability to have healthy meals and to feed our kids healthy and to know what in the world is going on with our nutrition on everything else, but our own get up and go and do it right. Like we don't want to take ownership of that because if we take ownership of the fact that I don't plan healthy meals, I don't cook healthy meals. I don't have an idea of what we're going to have for dinner. That is a heavy thing. Like the only answer is because I'm not doing it right. We sent the temperature in our home. We set the temperature in our home. And here's the thing, mamas, if your kids are bad eaters and they don't like vegetables or they won't eat this or they won't eat that, or they'll only eat, you know, three things. It's because that's what we've allowed in our home. Now, as I say that, that might be a little bit of a gut check, but I don't want you to feel shame. I don't want you to feel guilt. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed or any self-loathing or hatred. What I want you to do is take that as a little bit of a wake-up call. Like I am the CEO of my kids' nutrition and of my own. So if they won't touch a vegetable, if they won't eat more than pizza, macaroni, and chicken nuggets, what do I need to change as their mama, right? So we got to take ownership of that. We are how they eat. We are the reason they eat <laughs> and we are in charge of what they eat. Okay. Number two. I love that so much. Yeah. That is a gut check because I have those picky eaters and yeah. I like to pretend that I didn't <laughs> cause that, but I probably did. It's us. It's us. And listen, oh my gosh. So when I say no, sh- no guilt, no shame, like I really mean it, right? Listen, when they're little, like we're just trying to keep little humans alive. Like honestly, <laughs> just eat. I don't care. I just want you to eat, just poop and eat and don't cry and be happy-ish and easy to be around, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so like I said, no shame. But now that they're not, you know, so little anymore, now we've got to take ownership. And that ownership is hard because there is nobody to blame but us. Listen, I have a texture eater. I could blame his texture eating all I want, or I can continue to find strategies and I can continue to try and to educate him and to inform him so that one day we can be on the other side of those texture issues, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, number two is we never say no. And we expect other people to understand that when we say yes, we actually meant no. And that's why we're irritated and upset about it, right? So if you feel like your schedule is just bursting at the seams, mama, it is time to start saying no to the things that you do not want to do. Because when you say no to the things that you don't want to do, you are saying yes to yourself and to your family. You are saying yes to nutritious meals. You are saying yes to family time at the dinner table. You are saying yes to your sanity. I know that you want to make all of those cute little Pinterest things and you want to be the carpool mom that's got it all together with everybody's nicely organized everything, but it's costing you your sanity. So there are things we need to say no to, and that's saying yes to ourselves, right? I love that. 
that. Number three, we become a woe is me. So, so what we do is we say yes to everybody, yes to everything, and then we complain and we uh, are constantly vomiting all of our frustration over everyone. And the, I can't eat healthy because I'm the PTSA mom and I'm the carpool mom and I'm the Pinterest mom and I'm the this and the that and the other thing mom. So I can't eat healthy. And this is why I loathe my body, don't like my body, don't want to live in my body. And that is circling right back up to number one. We take ownership. It's nobody else's fault. You set the schedule, you set the tone, you make the meals, right? Yes. That is so good. Yeah. So listen, now that we got that out of the way, (laughs) I hope that none of you checked out and are like, this lady's mean and I'm out of (laughs) here. No, never. But listen, I want to be the kind of person always that when you come to me and you ask me a question, I give you an honest answer with love and compassion because when we can get really, really honest with ourselves, now we can take action and action that actually counts, right? I don't want somebody to give me the fluffy answer that I want to hear and just to be sympathetic with me. I want somebody to say, hey, you can do better. You can know better. You can be better. So let's start with a little acknowledgement and then let's move into that. Cool? Yes. Awesome. That is great. Awesome. Okay. So then the ans- the question is, how? <laughs> How in the world do we do this? And I'm going to keep it really super simple for you guys. Um, I have a YouTube video that I will share with Ashley. And the premise of it is the five P's. And I actually broke down my ebook. Uh, It's called Macros Made Easy. And you don't have to be a macro tracker in order to follow the principles of this ebook and execute your nutrition really well. But I narrowed it down to three, right? So the five P's would be plan, purchase, prep, pack, and proceed. Okay. So those would be the five, but I'm going to narrow it down today to three, which is the the thesis of my ebook. And that's plan, prep, and protect. Okay. So let's start with plan. Cool. Yes. Awesome. You've got to have a plan, mama. You've got to have a plan. Listen, if you don't have a plan, then we are just wishing and hoping that healthy meals walk into our life, serve themselves at the table, and that everybody is happy to enjoy them at the table, right? Yes, so sign me up for that. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> Send in the wizard. I'll take it. <laughs> right? Where is that dinner wizard? She needs to come stop by my house for sure. So when we're talking about planning, there are two things that need to happen. Number one, if you want buy-in from your kids and buy-in from your husband on this new healthy let's eat at home plan, you've got to involve them. So that's going to be step number one in the planning process is you're going to grab your piece of you know paper calendar if you're a paper calendar, electronic calendar if you're an electronic person. And the first thing you're going to do is you're going to schedule time to think and plan your food. Okay. So for me, I always use a Friday, Saturday, Sunday so that then it opens up my week, right? So on Friday, I schedule into my calendar 30 minutes food planning time. It's on my electronic calendar, so my husband knows about it. This is the time when I sit down with either a cookbook or Pinterest or my iPad or whatever it is, and I ask the family for their input. Easton, Kylie, Emery, Austin, what would you like for dinner this week? If they tell me I don't care or nothing, We have a rule in our house. Whatever is served for dinner, 
you have gratitude about. We don't say, ew, yuck, this sucks. I don't want it. Why didn't you make this? No, no, no. You had (laughs) the opportunity on Friday to tell me what your preferences were. And if you came to me with nothing, then you don't get to say anything but positive, warm, and fuzzy things to me during that so much. Right? During the week. You have you have checked out of those opportunities, right? So here's the thing. My little guy who loathes vegetables, he's going to need a little encouragement, right? Like I can't just say, what would you like? He's going to tell me nothing and I don't want anything green and that's not going to work. So I will pull up Pinterest for him and I will let him scroll through Pinterest or I will take him with me to the grocery store and say, hey, you need to pick out two vegetables this week that you are willing to try. Notice that I said, not that you're willing to eat, you know, full servings of, not that you're willing to eat every single day, two vegetables that you're willing to try. That's and great. So, I love that. Yeah, right. He's a texture eater. And some some of you guys out there who have kids who, you know, don't like food, um, our, our um, food therapy um, person told us, even if he doesn't swallow them, like for example, broccoli makes him straight up gag. She's like, listen, he doesn't have to chew and swallow the broccoli, but when you have broccoli, he has to put it in his mouth and he can rub it on his cheek and he can rub it on his tongue. And we're starting to get away from like the texture stuff, right? Like you're not going to die because this broccoli texture is in your mouth, right? And so if you have to start at that level, like, fine, you start at that level, right? We're at the point where we're past that now and he has to take no thank you bites, right? So every night at dinner, no matter what vegetables on his plate, he takes a no thank you bite. So he chews it, he swallows it and he says, no, thanks, mom. I'd rather not have that tonight. Okay, fine. Cool. I don't get upset about it. It doesn't cause any tension at the table, right? I was going to say, Krista, can I interject for a second? So for those parents out there that might have not heard this concept before mm-hmm. because I feel like like old tradition used to be like you eat everything wow. on your plate like you eat it even if you don't like it like why is it important that we don't force our children to eat certain foods and why do you think it's also important that they don't finish their plate if they're yeah. not hungry Oh my gosh. So listen, any of you out there that are struggling with portions or hunger fullness cues It's because we were taught, eat everything off of your plate. We don't listen to our body at such a young age because the goal has been to finish your plate. But that takes away, like our kids are really good at telling us when they're hungry and and when they're not, right? But we tell them, you have to finish everything on your plate. And so they start ignoring those full and hunger cues and then they become adults and they're way overeating because listen, we don't portion on their plate, you know, what they need and neither do restaurants. We way over portion our food. And so by the time they get to be adults, they have no concept of what full and hungry means, right? Exactly. The other reason why we don't stop putting the broccoli on their plate is because our taste buds change about every seven years. Okay. Think about when you were little, did you love onions? Ew, no stinking way. Right. And then all of a sudden sometime along in our twenties, maybe it was in your thirties. You're like, man, that made my burger really good. I'm going to put more onions on my food. And you started to like onions, right? Well, the same thing happens with our kids. And if we stop putting those foods on their plate, they might like broccoli at 12, but we don't put it on their plate again, or they don't put it on their plate again until they're 25. And all of a sudden they realize they really like broccoli, right? Yes. And so that's why we keep 
putting different fruits, different vegetables on their plate and asking them to take a no thank you bite because one day the switch is going to flip and then they're like, oh my gosh, I like this. So I have a question for you. So you said you get new taste buds every seven years? Yeah, it's different for everyone, right? But if you look at the research, it's about every seven years your taste buds will change. Oh, so I tell my kids that you get new taste buds every seven days. I heard somewhere, like I was doing some research about it, and it said that the average person has 10,000 taste buds that are replaced every two weeks. Absolutely. And that is very, very much true. But our food preferences, right? Like, yeah, yeah. How they interact with each other. changes about every seven years. And it's different for everyone, right? Because we're all so unique. Um, So it is different for everyone. Some people five years, some people three years, some people seven years, but on average, it's about every seven years. And we can see that maturity change in their taste buds as well, right? Like if I were to put um, certain pasta dishes for my kids on the table, specifically like a white sauce when they were younger, they weren't super interested in it, but they really like spaghetti, right? Yeah. And as they've gotten older, I've noticed that they've gone from the spaghetti preference, the red sauce, to the creamier Alfredo sauce. They like that better now. And so you can see that shift in them as they grow and get older. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So should I keep telling my kids, though, that they get new taste buds every few weeks? Because yeah, I'm trying. And, yeah. and I, did, I read somewhere that was like, you know, as long as you keep introducing the foods yeah. and reintroducing, like you can even tell them too, like when your taste buds grow up, maybe you'll yeah. like this. Because yeah. I, I like to share that with them that, you know, you might not like it today, but you might like it next week. And so exactly. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And it just encourages a variety, right? My little guy, I put, I love purple potatoes. If you have not tried purple potatoes, I highly recommend that you do. They're creamy, they're buttery, they're delicious. I put these purple potatoes on his plate and he looked at me like I had lost my mind. Like, why would you (laughs) ever put that on my plate? And I said, Hey buddy, don't look at me like that. You know our our rule, just take a no thank you bite and then you can make a decision from there. And I watched him, right? Because I was still prepping my plate and getting it together. And I watch him and he puts it in his mouth and I see him go like this. Like he's tasting it, right? Like he's trying to get, <laughs> he's trying to savor it. And then I see him go, huh. And then he takes another little bite and I watch him do the same thing. And then he looks up at me and he's like, mom, these purple potatoes are really good. And I'm like, see, you would have missed the boat if you would have just gone off of how they looked. And he's like, these are really good. So we just never know. Yeah. We want to encourage them in that way. Okay. So we get the family involved to get buy-in, right? Then we plan. And this is what my plan looks like. Okay. On Friday, I make time to think about my plan. On Saturday, I make time to put the items, the recipes, whatever grocery list that I have into an online grocery shopper. I usually do toiletries and shampoos and cleaning products from Walmart because they're cheaper. And then I do my produce and meat and stuff like that from fries, which is click list. Now, one of the reasons why I love online shopping, if you're not doing online shopping, I highly recommend that that's the next thing that you do that you add into your world is because it saves you time because you literally pull up, they dump it in your truck and off you go. And listen, we're busy. Remember our excuse? We have no time. Okay. Well, let's shorten up that gap by using online shopping. 
Number two, it saves you money. You're not walking up and up and down the aisles and, and window shopping for your groceries. Number two, it saves your waistline and your calories. You actually lose weight because you're not like, ooh, Oreos, ooh, uh, goldfish, ooh, <laughs> look at that. I didn't even know that they had something like that that I could eat, you know? Right. And, so- and let me interject. Yeah. It saves you so much sanity because if you normally bring your kids in with you to the grocery store, you oh, are yeah. typically in a hurry to get out the door that you are literally just grabbing yep. out of habit. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay, I know that they'll eat this, 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 and this. So you're just yep. grabbing what used to work and not what you want. Yes. To work. And that's, absolutely. And that's how you end up in the pizza, macaroni, chicken nugget rut, right? 100%. Because you're like, I know chicken macaroni and uh, chicken nuggets, macaroni and pizza. This will do. And so you throw it in the car. Absolutely. It totally does all of those things. Exactly. So that Friday, I think about it. Saturday, I put it into an online grocery shopper. Sunday, I cruise into the parking lot, pick it up, bring it home. And Sunday, we prep as a family. This is really, really important. Talk about the martyr mom thing, right? Because we can transfer that into our, our nutrition as well. If I'm the only one prepping and dicing and cutting and and peeling and bagging and doing all of these things on Sunday while the family sits and watches football and plays in the front yard and goes swimming or goes on a hike, you better believe I'm going to be super stinking bitter with them. And it's going to take hours, right? Yes. So then when I put their dinner on the table and they give me the stink eye, I'm like, oh no, no, no. I did this all (laughs) myself for hours, right? Right. So what I do is it's prep time. And here's the thing, you guys, this is some of the best conversations and some of the best time that we spend together because we're in the kitchen together doing something together that is going to pay off during the week and save us time during the week. My little girl who's seven, she can count all of the pretzel chips and put them into a bag for me and she can count grapes and put them into a bag. She's counting, we're chatting, she's helping because during the week when you're busy, and your kiddos need a snack in between practice or a snack, you know, after practice, or you need a snack, you've got grab and go items that are portioned out that are going to be a fantastic snack for you. You've thought about them ahead of time, and that's going to help your nutrition as well. My 11 year old, she can peel anything for me. She can dice anything for me. She can boil, boil the water, get the pasta ready. My husband, of course, can, you know, take out the trash and get out the cutting boards and sharpen the knives. And I can, and he can deal with the meat and seasoning it. And then I can kind of, be the person that's like, yeah, we need this. No, we need that. Yeah, let's prep this, right? Managing all of it and helping with whatever needs to be washed or whatever it is, right? I love that. Yeah, we can tackle all of this in an hour instead of six hours me by myself. Now, is everybody super stoked to do it? No, but once we get into it, they forget it. They forget how annoyed they were and we're we're cruising, right? So Friday, we're going to think about it. Saturday, we're going to shop it. Sunday, we're going to pick it up and prep it. Here's the beautiful thing about this, mama. I don't know how irritated you get when you are asked the the question, what's for dinner? But that question used to drive me mad. It would make my ears bleed, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, don't ask me that question. I don't want to answer it because I don't have a good answer that makes me feel like a good mama for you, right? When you think about your meals ahead of time, you will be shocked and amazed at how much time you free up 
in your week because the crock pot goes on on Monday. Dinner is ready. You scoop it out in a bowl. Everybody eats. We go to practice. Everybody's happy. If they're hungry after practice, you've got leftovers from dinner. They can have the leftovers, shower, and go to bed. It takes time to go through the drive-thru. It takes time to order, to sit there, to wait. It costs you calories. It costs you more money, and it costs you time. So for anyone that's sitting here thinking, I don't have enough time to meal prep. You don't have time to not meal prep. It will free up your week tremendously. And not to mention, we're now eating meals at the dinner table because we have the time instead of in the car on a rush. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of times on Thursdays, I have seven practices in four days. Between the three kids, I have seven practices in four days. Thursday, all three of them have it. And guess what? All of their dinner and all of their post-practice dinner because they eat two dinners on that night, are in the car, prepped and ready to go with forks, and we eat in the car. But that's just because that's how Thursday goes, right? That's incredible. Can I just ask you, So, because I'm super curious, like, yeah. what do they eat? Is it cold? Is it warm? Like, yeah. Sometimes how do they eat cold. it? Yeah. I yeah. want to know so, like, what are some of your go-tos for, because that's where I struggle is like, I think in advance, like, okay, we're going to have a busy day. I need to bring something with. And then I just don't have the plan. I didn't prepare it. And so then we end up running through the drive-thru. I feel awful because not only is it so expensive, but I know it's not healthy. And Mm -hmm. then I'm the martyr mom again, where I'm just like, well, I just don't know. Like, what can you pack? (laughs) Like, what's easy to pack? So, you know, everything that you make for dinner is easy to pack. And I'll just give you an idea. Like, sometimes I will make... um, like, let's say there's not enough dinner. My go-to is bean and cheese burritos. And if I make them, you know, they're still warm in the car. Are they piping hot? Like the most delicious dinner they've ever had? No. But something that I've kind of talked to my kids about is there's a time to eat for taste and there's a time to eat to fuel your body. And when it's, yeah, when it's 830 at night and you've had a two hour practice, they don't care. Honestly, They're just hungry. And listen, this is another really great point that you bring up, Ashley. There's a difference between having a craving and being truly hungry. And so we call it the broccoli test. I know I'm I'm really bagging on broccoli today, but it's just (laughs) what we call it, right? So when my kids are super hungry, if I were to put a platter of veggies in front of them, they would eat them. They would eat a lot of them because they're truly hungry. But if my kids tell me that they're hungry and I were to put a healthy food in front of them and they don't want it, then you're not really hungry. You're, you're having a craving. You just want to eat, right? Or you're bored. Or yeah. you're bored. Exactly. So when I give them leftovers in the car, you know, that we had from dinner and they're not piping hot or they're just warm or even cold, like they don't care. They're hungry. They've practiced for two hours. They just want to eat it. Right. And so honestly, salads are awesome. Uh, anything you have for dinner, chili, uh, pasta. My kids love pasta and I get the protein pasta because it's not just carbs. It's got 15 grams of protein per serving. And so I'll, sometimes they like it with sauce. Sometimes they like it plain. Uh, I'll add a fruit or a veggie on the side in those little, you know, containers. And that's what we have. And they'll eat it cold. They'll eat it hot. And honestly, we just have the conversation like, Hey, you just demanded so much of your body let's make sure that we reward your body with good stuff. That's going to let you be faster, throw harder, grow taller, grow stronger. And that's kind of the attitude and the approach that we take and they buy into it. Oh, I love that so much. Can I ask one quick question that I've just been dying to ask? Please. So 
I hear you talk all the time on your podcast and on your IGTVs, mm-hmm. all about food accountability. Yes. And it's a concept that I have never heard yeah. because I always hear about like these foods are good for you and these foods are bad for you. And yeah. so can yeah. you enlighten the listeners about this food accountability and how that is not true? There are no good foods and there's no bad foods yeah. and why that's true. Absolutely. So you, if you guys don't know, I'm a macronutrient coach. And so when you focus on your macros, when you eat throughout the day, you really think about how much protein, fat, and carbohydrate is in each meal or snack or anything that you consume, right? So when we look at food in this manner, what is the macronutrient makeup of our food? We really start to realize like a sweet potato has just as many carbs as a white potato. But for some reason, we've demonized the white potato and we have totally like made the sweet potato king, right? Like it's the best thing you can have for yourself. Now, if we look at it from a macro level, the carbohydrates are almost exactly the same. The difference is there's a little more fiber in the sweet potato, right? But when we're thinking about, you know, body composition changes, weight loss, you know, health and stuff like that, they're, they're really not that different. And if you're paying attention to what you're having fiber wise earlier in the day, you can have the sweet potato and be just fine, right? So when we start looking at our food from a macronutrient standpoint, we start to see, wow, some of these things that I've demonized, white bread, um, oh my gosh, like cookies, cupcakes, ice cream, uh, they're really not that bad for you if you know what to do in a day with your nutrition and your fibers in a good place. So really this idea of there are no good or bad foods, only food accountability really means you can eat and overeat healthy foods and make them bad for you and be overweight and be unhealthy just as easily as you can eat what has been deemed as bad foods and make them unhealthy for you. I'll give you an example. I have quite a two, quite a few vegan and vegetarian clients who come to me who are 35, 45, 55, 65 pounds overweight. They could not eat cleaner if they wanted to. The my vegans, the only thing they eat are from the earth. Like they're not eating any processed, like, like what I mean processed, I mean like there's nothing in there that has dairy or has, you know, certain glutens and flours and wheats. Like I have very picky, picky, very clean eating vegans and vegetarians and they're overweight because if you don't have food accountability, we can even make the healthy stuff not work for us and make us unhealthy. Overeating is overeating, right? Now, the truth can be said on the other side. If I eat a pretty healthy, balanced diet and I have a cupcake or I like Twinkies or I like a Snickers bar or a donut or you know a coffee, a latte that's got all the fun stuff in it, well, if my balanced diet is there and it's in place, that cupcake, Twinkie, pretzel, like none of that is going to hurt my health at all. So it really is about knowing the cost of your choices and looking at your day as a whole and not demonizing one food group. What I find is, is that as we make a list, a black and white list, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad, um, this is healthy, this is unhealthy, what we end up doing is we end up being really, really super strict when we are on quote unquote a diet and we 
kick out everything and anything that we enjoy to eat. And then we do that for three weeks. And then as soon as our willpower is up and done, we crash and burn and we binge on all the stuff that we told ourselves no to. So if we take this posture of there are no good or bad foods, there is only food accountability. I am accountable for the balance that I eat in my day and the fun foods that I have in my day. Now that's being responsible and accountable for our nutrition, right? Yes. Yeah. And I heard you say at one point that like you, do you put artificial sweeteners in your coffee? Cause yeah. I think I heard you say something like that. And I was yeah. like, what? I was like, oh my gosh. I thought that was like the demon, like the devil, artificial sweeteners. And I'm like, and I remember you saying something like, when a thought like that comes in your head, break down like why? Yes. And I'm like, I think it's because I, I used to go to this fitness workout place and that's what they told me. Like, yeah. don't, like real sugar is better than fake sugar. And so if you're going to do it, just do the real sugar. And so yeah. in my brain, I was always like, oh, I can't put artificial sugar in there. That's so bad for you. And so like, break it down to me. Like, I want you to like, tell us why, like, how do we make that, that shift from good and bad food? And why is it okay that we put what we want to into our bodies? Totally. And so here's the thing, right? Like everybody has their non-negotiable. Everybody has. So, so artificial sweetener, uh, gluten, um, and animal products, those are very sensitive, touchy subjects. And people feel very strongly one way or the other about them. Right. And so here's what cracks me up is that as a matter of fact, when I first started coaching, I put on, you know, Instagram that I put artificial sweetener in my coffee and I got blown up up. Like people were up in arms that I would be a health and weight loss coach, somebody who cares about other people's metabolic health. And I would consume, you know, artificial sweetener. And it just makes me laugh because if you look at the rest of my day, you will see that I'm a really, like I eat really well because I enjoy eating that way. It makes my body feel good. And they're hung up over this one ingredient that I have with my coffee, which listen, for the rest of my life, I will drink my coffee the way that I want to drink my coffee because it's how I want to drink my coffee, right? Nobody gets to tell me how to drink my dang coffee. I'm 38 years old. I will not be told how to drink my coffee. (laughs) So what's funny to me is that, you know, I had a few people who were close friends that kind of called me out on it. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Let's have an honest conversation. Let's talk about what you eat in a day. So we started talking about, they're like, oh yeah. So I had three beers at the end of the night, right? Super long story. They had three beers at the end of the night. And I'm like, listen, how in the world do you think that your three beers are any better than the artificial sweetener that I put in my coffee in the morning? Um, you're drinking alcohol. You are literally intoxicated. Like you're putting a toxin, right? We get intoxicated when we drink alcohol, but you want to get hung up on this one little thing about artificial sweetener and you're drinking beer, which is a toxin that you're putting in your body. Now, listen, I'm not judging you if you drink alcohol, right? Like our body is equipped to deal with the toxin and you don't die from it, you know, if within reason, But it's just funny how we choose to judge certain things and not the other. We all have these biases. And so when you start to have this thought, like you said, right, when this thought starts to creep into my mind, where is that thought coming from? Where did I learn that artificial sweetener would make me unhealthy? Now, listen, 
all within balance and reason, right? Like I put artificial sweetener in my coffee. I'm not like squirting it in my mouth and drinking it and eating it all day long, right? Of course that would have a negative effect and impact my health tremendously. But here's the thing. And what you said is so true, Ashley. I have to decide for myself what my non-negotiables are. You do too. On the other side of this, you know, podcast, you have to decide what are your non-negotiables, right? And if your non-negotiable is I'm going to drink my coffee the way that I want to drink my coffee, then any nutrition plan, any way that you like to eat, that is a part of a staple. It's who you are. It's what you bring into the picture. And you say, this is my non-negotiable, right? Now, listen, when I first started um, my whole health and weight loss journey, I was drinking that the like, oh gosh, what is it called? The creamer that you put in your, I don't even know, coffee mate. I was putting coffee yeah. mate in my coffee. And as I started to really educate myself about nutrition and making nutritional decisions, I was like, ew, that's really eating up a lot of my fat and carbohydrates. It's taking away from food that I could eat. How can I doctor up my coffee and make it taste good and work for me? So I started adding protein um, into my coffee. I use Carb Master. It's a chocolate milk. It's got high protein, very good carbs. And I put one pump a vanilla, sugar-free vanilla in it. And my coffee is so tasty. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, I'm getting my protein in. I don't feel guilty. I'm not going to feel guilty about the one pump of artificial sweetener because I know what I'm doing. I'm accountable to the rest of my day and my food. And so those of you out there, you have to decide what that is for you. Don't let society decide for you. It brings me full circle to this one thought, right? A lot of people, Ashley, believe that in order to lose weight, you have to eat less. And I can't tell you how many times clients come and they work with me and they're already eating 1,000 calories, 1,200 calories, and they're like, put me in a cut. I need to lose weight. Cut my calories. I need to lose weight. And I'm like, if I cut your calories, you're really damaging and hurting your metabolism. You are not going to see the results that you want. And if you do, it's going to be at the cost of your health and I won't do it. But if you let me reverse diet you, rehabilitate your metabolism, show you how to eat more, show you how to lose weight, show you how to live in the body composition that you want to live in by eating more food, I am up for that. Let's do that, right? Yes. The truth is you can't cut nothing from nothing. If you're already eating 1200 calories, you cannot cut nothing from nothing. You have to take a different approach to health and weight loss and loving the skin that you're in. Oh, that is so good. Krista, you just gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. I just, I get super fired up about it because (laughs) I can't tell you how many women and it breaks my heart. Like they're suffering and they're struggling and they're hungry and they've given up everything that brings them joy to their palate. And I'm like, you don't have to live this way. I I've watched it over the last six years be the truth. And I watch woman after woman after woman lose weight, find confidence, love the skin that they are in and eat an adult amount of food that works for them. That's what I want to see for every family, every woman, every person out there. Oh my gosh. Yay. That is so good. Are you guys empowered? Like, are you ready to do this? Krista, share with everyone listening right now, how can they connect with you? How can they learn more from you? And how can they work with you if they are ready to get this transformation that you just talked about? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my favorite place to hang out with you guys is always going to be on Instagram. My Instagram handle is K more macro. That's K M O R E M a C R O. My website is the same. You just put a dot com at the end of it. And what I would love to do, Ashley, because there is so much more to the planning, prepping, and protecting, right? That we talked about. And it's a little bit easier if your guests could get a visual of what that looks like. What I would love to gift them and share with them is my three mini coaching video series where I walk you through how to do this visually. And here's the thing, mama, I know you are a busy entrepreneur. You've got these kiddos and this husband and this household and all the things going on. I am going to keep it short and sweet. These are seven minute videos, five minute videos that show you mama like this, do it like this. And now you've got an action plan on how to execute that and be the rock star mama that you are. So I will share that link with you, Ashley. I'm sure you'll throw it up in the show notes somewhere for them to click on. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Awesome. And then Man, I put out so much incredible content, free content every single day on my Instagram. And that's just a really great place to hang out and to continue to grow on your own. And tell them about your podcast too. Yeah, you guys. So I just recently uh, started a podcast. I think I have seven episodes out. It's called The Unraveled Mama. Uh, You can find it on iTunes. Um, You can find it um, on my website. I'll make sure that I give Ashley the link as well. But I titled it The Unraveled Mama because we get wound up into these tightly wound up balls, right? And we think that we have all of these ideas that society tells us, this is how you're a good mom. This is how you eat well. This is how you take care of your mind. This is what you should look like. This is what your body should feel like. All these, we have all these ideas and very rarely are they authentic and true to who we believe that we are. And so my podcast is really unraveling what we think we know about ourselves, our nutrition, motherhood, being a wife, looking at the pieces for what they are, and then putting them back in a place and a space that serves us and allows us to live a happy, authentic, joyful life. So that is the Unraveled Mama podcast. It is so good. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Go subscribe right now so you don't forget all the links that she just mentioned. They're going to be right in the show notes so you guys can grab them right now. Thank you so much, Krista. This was so fun. I know we could talk for hours, but I know these are places (laughs) to be and things to do. So we're going to end it right here. But I know that this will not be the last conversation we have here. So you guys can go head over, learn more about Krista, check out what she has as far as working with her. And I just can't wait for you guys to connect because she is fire as you just heard. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. What a fun way to spend my morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You were created to thrive with purpose and not just survive. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our amazing online community and connect with like-minded mompreneurs, head to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas, that's M-A-M-A-S, to join our private Facebook group. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Be sure to follow and tag me at The Purpose Gathering. If you haven't had a chance to leave a review, please head to iTunes, even if you're an Android user, 
and let other mompreneurs know why you love the show. Each review is so valuable to me and helps more mamas like you find this show. I choose one review every episode to share, and yours could be the next one. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this, girl, and I can't wait until next time.